So, we're back. Uh, after, after a our... week. A week hiatus. Yes. Um, this is a very important week. Think about what has transpired. I think, I mean, I don't know about you, Iskan, but this past week I've done a lot of absorbing information, talking with people, including you, um, just not on the pod. Yeah. Um, about these issues. I'm not saying that I'm I I'm an expert on this, but I think compared to a week or two ago, I think many of us are definitely a lot more informed on this issue. Um and yeah, are ready to have productive conversation about this and whatnot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um yeah. It's yeah, been so a lot, it's... you know. Yeah. We've been a lot to think about, a lot of stuff to decide. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the Black Lives Movement and the 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 memory of George Floyd. Yeah, George Floyd um, and many others. And many others, yes. I think. I mean, a lot of people will say, why... You guys, why are you guys talking about this? You're not black. You have no sense of relation to these people. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, the reason why I even wanted to start this podcast was to just be like, invite people that we had no idea who they were. Or we had a little sense. We obviously would just have a little sense of who they are. But, like everyone's different and we should accept people for who they are and I just think it's blatantly wrong to to look at someone's skin color and and just assume things. And Yeah, that's that's one thing that I actually wanted to briefly touch upon because I think over the past week um I've seen many um I I think this this entire week has been a week of radical action, radical change. And, um, while I, I am hesitant to say it, I think there have been acts that I think have gone a little bit out of hand. And one thing that you did mention was just like, oh, people might go up to, you know, people who aren't black and say, well, your experiences, um, invalidate your opinion. Right. Um, and while it is true that I think people who um, are not black will inherently never exp- um, inherently know the experience of being in these black communities and um, facing this kind of brutality that has been the center of the issue for the past week or two. Yeah, like you said, um, I, I am also a firm believer that discourse... Um, will always have a benefit on society as long as we talk, we have conversation, uh, we progress um, as communities. And when that kind of discourse starts breaking down, um, albeit um, in forms of you know oppression, uh, on both sides of the table, right? I think any form of breaking down discourse or silencing people is a recipe for 
um, more conflict and ultimately more destruction um, and division. I think that's definitely an important consequence of, you know, lack of discourse is um, division and ignorance. So, yeah, um, I guess just um, on this note, uh, yeah, while, like, I, I think even though is again, uh, we, we are not, um, black, Latino, and, or anyone who has, I, I don't think, I, I know for me, I have not experienced forms of br- police brutality or, yeah. um, just like systematic or racism, discrimination. Um, yeah, I, I definitely do want to talk about it. Um, and more importantly, inform, educate others that might not have, um, that might not have taken it upon themselves to educate themselves. Um, yeah, it, I think it's another way of using our privilege to just talk about it. I mean, yeah. So I think some people will say, oh, you guys are just getting onto the bandwagon. Everyone's talking about it, Black Lives Matter. So what? What are you guys going to do? I mean, I in some part, I agree with it. It is it is a hot topic. It is something that is happening in the United States that everyone's talking about. But we have we have to talk about it because there will not be change if we don't. We have to speak up. We have to call our legislative representatives and say, look, what is happening is not right. What is happening to black people is not right. And it's just, we just have to inform people, you know? Yeah. And to all the people that might look down upon this entire idea of bandwagoning, you have to recognize, I think, the sole reason why this case, this moment in history is so different from previous um previous incidents i mean this this is not an isolated incident at all but the for reason, sure for sure but the reason why it's so different is because it exploded upon social media i mean i personally i i, I mean when i don't know the murder of eric garner in uh 2015 or something like that we were just freshmen in high school um yep. We're going into freshman year. I mean, I, I like never saw the likes of this. I think, or I, I'm, I don't know. Might be wrong. It might not have been of age where social media have impacted us, but yeah, I think I can safely say that this, the proportion of the movement, um, and this just like the magnitude of it has been because so many people have taken it up to you know spread awareness on social media um and i think that in itself the like the awareness spreading awareness is very crucial um and has led to why this um is such a big issue today and why a lot of us are um i think especially a lot of us who typically would stay silent are not um yeah and are having conversations about this 
Um, because yeah, I for I think... sure know that I never had a discussion at the dinner table with my family about um, Eric Gardner or, you know, even recent, like, even a couple months ago, like, um, Amud uh, Arbery, right? The the jogger. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think in that sense, um, this entire idea of the entire movement of, you know, so-called bandwagoning is... Um, had a positive effect, but um, it's a matter of fact of once it inevitably dies down, what do we do with it, right? How how can we use this momentum to um, enact change, right? Yeah. So, so we were talking about it. Yeah, we were talking about... Tra- you and I were talking about it yeah. um, off, uh, off the air, but you know, I don't. I think it's something that needs to be reiterated to the people that are listening, because I, I just think it's a message that needs to be made. Is that the move? I, I think we both. I don't. You can correct me on this one, but I think we both agreed that the movement will somehow die. Right? There's just gonna be, the the hype train, the, just the amount that it's being covered in the media will just die off. Yeah, there's always the next, gonna be another yeah. thing. Right. There's always going to be yeah. another event that happens. And yeah, yeah. as, as so, new cycles progress, it's going to, yeah, I agree with that. It's going to die down. Yeah. So I think, I don't know, like the way that I think I definitely agree with you that George Floyd's death and the amount of media attention that it's received and the amount of protests that have occurred is, is like the most that we've seen so far, right? And I think it's, I think it's like before when another incident like this happened, people, I don't, at least to my knowledge, I don't think the graduating seniors or high schoolers were as, as vocal about an issue like this before, right? Like. Yeah, no, 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 like in, when we were freshmen, I don't think there were a lot of people that were vocal as seniors or graduating alumni. Let mm-hmm. me let me get back to the point that I was trying to yeah. make. So, I don't know if it's because this movement is large enough that it that it reached me, or that I'm in that stage of um, maturity that I'm thinking about my future and what I can do for my fellow man, my fellow humans, for humanity. Like, what, what can I provide? So it it impacted me to the point where I've always been a person that's, that's like, everyone should have a fair shot. Like, I come from an immigrant family. Like, I understand the hardship that you have, that people go through. And like, I don't think, I mean, I think that everyone has to have a fair shot in this world. So I I came in with that men- mental, but there, in my country, even though like most of us think that way, in my country there's been a huge amount of racism. Like, if there's a black person out in public, th- your people just look at them and be like, "Hey, look, he's there." Like they point out the person that's standing out, and I think that's wrong. And I think that this movement has impacted me to the point where I am questioning my own, the way that I was raised and 
been trying to to not fix but to just let people know that that type of pinpointing people out that are different than us is wrong and then my main point okay, I keep going into these tangents but the main point I'm trying to make is we however old you are we will inherit this world in some way and there will be a point where your boss will make a decision that you will think is inherently wrong and is discriminating someone and you have to make a choice you have to be there's two choices you either stand up and risk losing your job but you're standing up for the right reason and for what you believe in or you stay silent and you just keep on moving throughout your through your day and through your career you know making the best that you can and i think our generation will be it will somehow get to that point where we have to make a decision and i strongly it's it's very hypocritical of me to say because i don't even know what i will choose but i really hope the people in the future will choose the best moral compass the best choice for everyone even if it hinders your career like as long as enough people do it it'll enact positive change i don't know that's that's just the way that this movement has led me to think about so what can we do now um i think for most of us um this has reinforced uh like all previous thinking uh, at least i know in our community um this kind of stuff was never really tolerated but it was always just kind of kept silent right there was no yeah there's not kind of kind of under the rug yeah right so i think for most of us yeah it, it definitely reinforces existing ideologies and i think that's good um but like i said there is a tendency to you know take the easiest route and i think the easiest route is often to just um conform and comply right yeah um and just like be okay with the status quo which um is definitely not okay um in this moment of time so yeah what what can we do um one i mean i think the biggest no-brainer is participate um speak politically active yes Um, use your rights as citizens yeah um like esken said this this shit gonna die down right and once it dies down who will be there to pick up the torch right and the answer is us the incoming generation um that is going to be inheriting this world and ultimately this world is how we see fit how we imagine it so it is up, uh, up to us to put the people in power that we um that we want to see in power right um i think it's fair to say we don't want people like trump um i'm just that's sorry 
I, no, for, I, I, did, yeah. for, for sure, for sure. I think, I think, I think, like a couple months ago, I'd be hesitant to say that, but I think the way he's dealt with this, um, this entire situation is just so indicative. I like. Yeah, there is a there is a there is a time and point to use bipartisan like there there's a time and point to be like, yes, my party does not agree with this. I'm a Republican. I will say these things. But now is not the time for that. That was like there is no political gain for you to be saying, oh, these people are thugs. Like, it's just it's just such a clear lack of leadership qualities, right? And, like, that's what, out of all the roles you can assume in this country, the presidency is where you need to see it. Like, not even, like, should. You, like, need to see those, like, um, basic qualities of, like, a good leader. And what I've seen, what everyone's seen in this nation on how Trump has been dealing with this is just absolute bullshit. I mean... In a time when the country needs healing, all he does and all he knows how to do is just point fingers and divide. It's like I I, I don't see it's crazy. how worse that can get, right? And the, the worst part is that we've become so conformed and so nullified to this type of to his actions that not even a lot of people are speaking out about it. If this happened for the first, like, if this was his first attempt at, like, hate speech while he's president, he would be booted so fast. But we've been so conformed to him just being a bully that it's just, oh, it's just another Trump thing to do. Oh, it'll pass. Right. It's yeah, we're, mean, not, we're just not speaking about it. Exactly. And I think... He's not, he's obviously the prime example, but there are many people in positions of power who are just like him, right? Um, I think it's very easy to put all the blame on Trump, but I mean, this is a tactic that he uses. He uses like the bully pulpit of the presidency, but you have other bully pulpits out there um, in state and local levels. I mean, that's why I think when... I say our generation has to be more politically active. I mean, I like I personally also have to be more politically active. I I mean that on all levels of government, right? Um yep. in your local elections, state elections, and yeah, federal elections, the presidency, obviously very important, but also local state levels are I would argue more important. Um, than who's the president, because ultimately those are the people um, who, you know, appoint uh, the police chief, right? Uh-huh. Or like the su- the supervised, like supervision boards yeah. or the police department, right? Those are all the stuff, like all the people that like have an af- more direct effect on your day-to-day life and ultimately are probably more responsible for shit like this that happens um that happened in the last two weeks so um yeah you want the right people in the um in all positions of power um for sure yeah so i don't know it's yeah and then another thing to put yes vote the vote the right people into power but 
as as well as raising the next generation's leaders, you have to you have to teach them the right characteristics, and then you have to teach them humanity. You have to teach them humility. You have to teach them acceptance of everyone. It's now is the time. I don't know, like what what years this this um divide which generation we're in but now is the time to re- rethink about what it means to be a leader yeah, yeah. So another another thing but so um yeah you pause Although, I, i'm not very good at talking about politics but i think it's it's important not to you know forget um forget this kind of stuff because i i know a lot of people out there um even you isken told me that you want to you know kind of um move on um with your life which is like totally understandable because you know 2020 in general has just been such a shit year um and we all want to get past it um but i mean in this case i think it's just so important to um not let this become another um instance in the history book right um not let people 10 20 years in the future point back and say well that shit happened again right um and yeah it's it's a it's a turning point i think it has the potential to be uh cuz i think it's just like the public is just so fed up with this this crap um just for a little context of what the documentary itself said right um it was all it was super focused on um nixon and reagan's like war on drugs and um they were arguing that even though the civil rights movement in the 60s and into early 70s was really a altering period of time in American history that I think on net was super beneficial. It resulted in many um, bills being passed, including the Civil Rights Act and the Immigration Act. Um, that gave a lot more freedom to the citizens of the United States. Um, Ultimately, what you had was that resulted in a conservative backlash and basically a new strategy that was formulated by white politicians like Nixon um, that continued to propagate uh, racist policies such as the infamous war on drugs um that disproportionately uh, incarcerated a lot uh, more um black and latinos in this country than it did to any other uh, ethnicity so yeah um it's just it just paints a bleak picture about the history of the united states even though we'd say we like we we progressed right we changed um it it ultimately questions ha- have we really have we really achieved the 
you know, land of the free, you know, home of the brave, all that idealized version of America that we always gloat that we are. Um, and I think the answer is predominantly no. It's it hasn't. We have not reached that point yet. So, um, is it just going to? Is that cycle of one step back, one step forward, two step back, gonna keep continuing, or like? Are we going to do something about it, right? Um, yeah. Because we can't. We cannot have another, you know, war on drugs esque type of um, era. Uh, and, yeah, I want. Yeah, I I really wonder like if this cycle does go on. I really wonder what shape it's going to. It's it's going to come in, you know. Yeah, because it's always it's always slighted underhand kind of like, oh, we're not racist, but we're pushing racist agendas, right? Yeah, um, that kind of shit. And I think Don like Trump Trumpy boy is doing kind of exactly that. It's just Guilty. Pushing another <laughs> pushing another form of um, underhanded racism in the disguised as extreme nationalism so yeah yeah Uh, Um, that's another reason yeah that's another reason why we have to be informed of what kinds of laws are being passed you have to look at the deeper meaning it's like if this economic for example this economic bill were to pass we have to have people that are willing to look at the numbers and be like, is this fair for everyone? Who is benefiting? Oh, more white people than black people? Hmm, that's questionable. Why is it set up like that? You know? Yeah, yeah. We have to question these things. Yeah. <sighs> but, so, um, I'm sure many of our listeners um, have had these conversations, had these discussions before. Um, so I'm sure hearing this, uh, reiterated again is, um, not something that's, you know, you're like, what am I here for? Um, so I think there are two things that I personally wanted to touch upon. Um, it's again, you might have something, but just kind of like, uh, flash round, um, kind of style. But first thing is white fragility. So, um, this past week, I was kind of like, I was listening here and there about um, this this podcast episode. Not sure who hosted it, but it's called the Goop Podcast. Goop. And, <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny-ass name. Okay. I mean, look at our name. Uh-huh. We're, we're not that much better, bro. Um, <laughs> but they did an episode on white fragility, and I thought I thought it was interesting. And the entire premise of uh, white fragility is that um, all all white people are racist. Um, That's whack. Yeah. Um, but I mean, okay, if you're a listener and you feel called out by that. Um, let me explain. So, 
the author, I think she wrote a book, is literally also called White Fragility. So she was explaining this. I think a lot in our minds, um, when we think of a racist, right? What 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 do you picture? Kind of like what do I picture? Person, yeah, I mean, just like a person who, you know, has these racial prejudices and is actively out, like, trying to seek you know, harm. You know what right? I have to say about that? Yeah. So, if you were to ask me that question, and yeah. I was back in Kyrgyzstan, I would just be like, yeah. Kyrgyz people are racist. Yeah, okay. But, you know, I, I immigrated here, and I immigrated here... Um, okay, I'm not gonna, I don't want to call myself out or my family, but I'm just gonna say that we were not the, we were not, like, oh, everyone is equal thing. We were, we're, we're like, we're, like, Kyrgyz people are superior, right? Mm. Like, when we immigrated here, it's like, okay, America, that's nice, but I think we're better. That's just, I think that's just a nationalistic way. It's nothing bad. But, we came here, yeah. So, so in my view, I thought, like, America was the best thing in the world. You know, I came here, I could eat bananas. Like, the first time I've ever eaten bananas. It's like, everything here is cheap. You can afford it. If you want a future with bank, make a lot of money, you can do it. You know, you can do it. And then, and then slowly, like, that, the mental image of who's racist, just start, it's just started to to conform towards someone that's white not a kyrgyz someone that's just white it right. changed right yeah exactly yeah so yeah i think oftentimes uh media and portrays kind of you know those racists as yeah like white conservative leaning you know that type of character someone who's like make america great again that kind of bullshit Mm -hmm. um so i mean clearly um those people that we deem racist are racist right but i think the uh the author argues that there are other you know um kind of underlying um racist behavior um that in 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 her case she says applies to like every single white person ever right so you um she says that like the races that we see right the, the the ones that we point out in society are pretty much like in the minority right majority of white people she says are you know nice people they're like um, oh, like, I'm not racist, like, I, I would never be, you know, like, I have black friends, and, you know, I, um, uh, what a, what like, a, what an argument, <laughs> like, I, I have black friends, I support, I support Black Lives Matter, right, um, like, yeah. I, I am, an, I am anti-racist, all that jazz, right, and, but the moment that, you know, because the moment they say something maybe slightly problematic, or, um, not necessarily outright racist, right? But implies it, these, um, microaggressions, right? Uh-huh. And they get called out by it, right? I think, uh, a lot of these people 
just become defensive, right? Like, whoa, 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 like, I said I'm not racist, like, it was just a mistake, like, I'm really not racist, right? Like, they become defensive about it instead of, you know, owning up to what they did, right? Like, the microaggressions mm-hmm. that um, they might have done or the behaviors that they might have exhibited, right? So, she argues, um, which I, I think I agree with, right? Like, those people that can't own up to what they say or own up to their own privilege, right, are fundamentally, you know, contributing to, like, the racist society that we live in today, right? Okay. Because if you, if you keep saying, and she actually argues that's the most, that's the, like, the more dangerous form of, you know, like, racism. Because when you can't accept and internalize your own privilege, right, you're just going to keep denying keep doing it. the yeah you're gonna keep denying it and you're gonna keep doing it right yeah and no one can call you out on it because you're not racist right like you say you're not racist and like you're too stubborn to admit that some shit that you do is stemming out of your own privilege and um is inherently racist <laughs> right um yeah because all this talk about microaggressions is very real right we we say shit um, all the time that is like offensive without knowing it, obviously. Um, yeah. Or, or actually implicitly knowing it, but like, of course, not consciously trying to be racist. Um, so yeah, that, that's the argument about white fragility. Right. Um, and it got me thinking, right. Because obviously historically white people have been, you know, the oppressors, um, and, um, it's, it's always, it's always seemed to be like a white, 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 black issue, but then now recently in the past few decades, you throw, um, immigrants into the picture, right? Um, and I mean, we both are, um, like we, we have a history of like immigration in our family, families. Um, so it got me thinking, right? Does that same idea of white fragility apply to non-white people, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, that, that's something I, that I just I, I just wanted to bring up, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. So uh, I uh, I agree. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's in my family. There have been instances of, you, you you know what I was talking about, like back in Kyrgyzstan, if you see someone black, you just point it out. It's just yeah. something that you did, yeah. which, I, which I don't support. But yeah. when we just immigrated here, it's like, this is, um, this is a little, little example of what you're saying is true. So right. when we immigrated here, we were, we were, we were, we were in um, a small town. It was like the first time we've seen a person of color in a very long time. And what we did was point it out. Um, but I went to an elementary school. It was to the point where I was in the education system. Like, I knew what was going on. I was like, guys, that's not right. That's what I said. I was like, why are you guys pointing them out? They were just like, oh, it's okay. We're not white. And I was like, what? <laughs> How does that make any sense? 
<laughs> it's like it's it, I think when I was a when when I was growing up, I I grew up in a sense that um that everyone was equal and then everyone had the had to live up to the same expectations. So if someone Asian said oh look it's a black person but I'm not racist for pointing it out I, I would just because I'm not white it's like I'm pointing I'm pointing that p- person as black but I'm not racist because I'm not white I, that argument doesn't stand up to me because yeah you're still pointing them you're still doing the action that is inherently racist <laughs> like, yeah yeah right yeah yeah I, I I agree. I agree with you. I think, yeah. Yeah. Um. And I think, I I know at least um. In my family, um. There is kind of that implicit. So I mean, over the past week, um. We we like me and my family have had a bunch of discussions about this, and, like, yeah. Again, I don't I don't want to like call them out, but. I I can sense kind of from um I don't know my parents the way they that they talk about things it's uh-huh. it feel it feels like there's a sense of detachment from the issue right it's it's yeah. kind of like a news reporter reporting on the events but not actually like being involved in it um, I I get you yeah yeah so that sense of detachment I think draws kind of like scary lines with the like i'm i'm not white i'm not part of the issue right and i think that encourages you know racist behaviors from other minorities like us um and then you use that shield like unlike white fragility where you know they can say the 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 only thing they might be able to say is like oh like i'm i'm not racist like i have black friends like my (laughs) my cousin's like husband is white like is black or something like that like that kind of shit like yeah a we can also say that but then we also have that extra layer of well i'm not white at least i'm not the yeah right at least yeah so yeah so like i think that's just like doubly problematic it's hypocritical yeah um so i mean i've heard this actually i've only I think the first time I heard this was somewhere in, like, freshman year. But, like, the idea that, you know, everyone can be racist, right? And it's yep. not, um, you, 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 it's not like you aren't racist because of a certain color of your skin or, like, you are racist because of a certain color of your skin. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I thought that was interesting that, um, that author was like calling out all the white people, but then also at the same time was like kind of implicitly excluding all the non-white people that could be involved in this type of behavior. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to um, bring that up. But yeah. Any any other I mean, any other thoughts on this? Um. Well, do you know if the author's white? <laughs> yeah, she's white. <laughs> okay, so I think it was fair of her to only talk about white people because she could only identify with that group. Which uh, okay yeah that's fair, you that's you kind of have to, I mean you kind of have to cut her some slack I think she'd get a lot more controversy if she implied that towards everyone 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's yeah, still I just, I just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, she doesn't have the experiences, so she'd probably get a lot of flame if she um, tried to apply universally, you know. Um, but I, I would like to see someone, you know, talk about that, bring yeah. that up. Like, it's, it's not just because her, I think the problem with what she's pushing, uh, while I totally agree is right, is that it pushes that black-white, like, black-white narrative, right? Um, yeah, which is not fair. Which is, which is definitely not fair, um, and, like, yeah, I, I think someone from, you know, the Asian community ought to talk about this, um. Yeah, it's, it just feels like we're, I mean, it's better now because, obviously, in the George Floyd incident there was an asian cop yeah in the scene and he did nothing so it just seems like we're somehow metaphorically we're being that asian cop we're just on the sidelines not doing anything i think that needs to change yeah yeah um so i wanted to, i wanted to talk about do you, i mean do you have anything else to say i mean the second thing was going to be the lex exposed thing but um, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That's what I was gonna <laughs> go into, brother. Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah. So yes. Uh you told me this. Do you want to explain? Because I don't have. Yeah, sure. Info. Um, so for all our listeners who are like, "What the fuck? Who's what is Lex Exposed?" Um, so last night, I was um, you know, casually scrolling through my Instagram feed, um, and there was an account that like was friend requesting like everyone in the lex community like like straight up like everyone um uh-huh and yeah it was it was the purpose of that account when i checked it was to expose people for racist sexist um just like all sorts of problematic behavior and they already had a post and for like privacy reasons i'm not going to name um like I'm not gonna um ex- like name names or some shit because I am just personally against any s- sort of any form of doxing, um, yeah, using social media to harass and harm. So yeah, but at the same time, man, like I mean, <laughs> I sent you that screenshot. Um, That's just the purpose. The purpose up. of the post. The purpose of the post. I think. Okay. First of all, I'm, I'm super conflicted about the entire idea of the, um, the account. Because on one hand, like I explained, doxing is is a pretty shitty thing to do. But on the other hand, right, um, the purpose of that post, they were saying, like, well, with all the events going on, we can't just pretend to um, pretend like LHS, right, is this perfect community and is void of all racist behavior, right? So that was the purpose. That's, of the okay, post. I, 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 okay, I support that message. I, right. I'm completely right. behind that message. Right. But, so that that's why I'm conflicting. It's just like the message, like the the reason for posting, I think was totally fine and I think necessary, right? But then you go on and expose these individuals to the world, basically like shit that happened like a year ago like not not even recently right that's with the purpose of trying to resurface these issues and 
harass the individual basically at at some um, point it's at some point it's not like yes what they did was racist but at some point it's like that was in the past i'm sh like i'm sure that person the, okay i know that like charles and i know this person and yes. like they were severely punished it's like not punished but like Wait, like cr though? criminalized yeah yeah they, they were definitely they were criminalized yeah they, they were, were like... in they are in big trouble right yeah like there was I'm some sort sure, of I'm action not sure if, i'm not sure if there was action taken i mean they ended up going to college i mean like, i guess i, I guess that's that's the that's the other argument to be made because nothing I guess the other argument to be made is that the person did something nothing happened as a result right uh, but what I'm trying to say is I myself think that everyone is striving to better themselves and I yes I get that that person made a racist remark but in my conscience, I think that person is trying, like lives lives up to it, realizes that's what they said. I hope they learned that that was not a good thing that they said, and then are trying to live up so that they can um, make something positive to counteract what they like. Obviously, they can never counteract what they said, but like somehow neutralize what they did by doing something that is good. And they're trying to move on with their lives. But at some point, doxing becomes, oh, let's, it becomes sort of like harassment is what you said and bullying. It's like, oh, let's call this, some, let's call someone out. Although the, I'm sure they're trying to make the best of their lives and then move on. But something is resurfacing, which, which I feel like is unfair because, well, I, we can never say if they're, if they're, reformed but i'm sh like the best of my heart is saying they're moving on and trying to become a better person like i don't think it's fair to call someone out when it's been a year yeah so again i do not condone doxing i'm sure neither do you but it no. did definitely bring up it, it it definitely brought up the question of well all this talk recently about, you know, on the very macro scale, what should we do, right? What are things that we can change to effectively push reform in the status quo? Yeah, but I'm on fully on board with that. Right. But like it on the micro level, right? On in our communities, like our day to day lives, it, it definitely brought up the question, which I still don't have like quite the answer. Like, what do we do when someone you know, pushes ra racist ideology, right? Or just, like, is problematic in general, right? Like, what can we do? Because I, I think, like, I, I would love to um, agree with your, like, benefit of the doubt for that person, right? But from what I've heard, I did not see any sort of, like, actionable... Um, I didn't see anything being taken against that person in sort of in, in, in terms of action. I mean, like that person never actually got suspended. Right. Or, you know, well, like, well, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like all, all that person did that I saw, like 
but I think it's important for the community to see like what you get like as a as consequence for doing these kinds of things, right? I think yes. it's important for the community to see the punishment, right? But I don't think we saw anything come out of that. So, so so it might have been I swept th- under the rug, right? Like person might have had yeah. like some like conscience, like a reform, yeah. and is trying to become a better person. But I think it just sets a bad example for the rest of the community because we saw nothing come out of it. So, I think the main issue is that the school was trying to bury it. Right. And as a result, there was almost no punishment. I agree with that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Let me... So what, uh, what, what can we... Because okay. it, it, okay, personally, okay. when I thought about it, it just made me feel pretty helpless. Uh, and I think yeah, yeah. that... No, no, no. I understand why the account was made in that moment, because we didn't see anything. So, I mean a reaction could be to just take up this vigilante kind of justice so okay so i think that's wrong here's why i mean yeah i completely disagree with the vigilante idea i mean because that's first at at some that's yeah i mean i'm sure you weren't like literally meaning vigilante but yeah yeah i think i don't know okay so you have to think about the context the high school okay this person that was doxxed was just starting their career as an adult. We're just maturing into an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, whatever. Like, it doesn't matter how old she is. But, like, the main point is that they haven't even started their career in college. So, I do agree that the school should have should not have buried it and then held that person accountable but i don't think that we should completely shit on the person to the point where they can't get into a college because at some point you have to realize that that amount of racism that got them to say that word was not of their own doing but because of the system like, LHS was, like, a low-key racist environment, right? No one spoke up, spoke, up, spoke up about it or did anything about it. So it was, I think it's a problem where it's something that came out of the system and then it led them to say it. And I don't think we should completely jeopardize we should give them some sort of punishment, but we shouldn't completely jeopardize their future for it. That's where I stand. Yeah, but then again, I think LHS should serve as a microcosm to our society at large, right? And I think right now, it's doing a pretty good at least in that shitty case, job it did a pretty it, pre- it did a pretty good job of mimicking the reality right you have yep. institutions um covering up uh, individual actions that might reflect badly on it does that sound familiar yes sir <laughs> like it's it's just like i i think yeah while i agree with you that 
um, it was like the the product of a system, right? I still don't think that that excuses the person from doing what they did, right? It definitely does Because not. You can you can grow up in a in a system that is you know fundamentally pretty racist, right? But I I'm pr I I think I can say with a pretty good degree of confidence that everyone in LHS has a a moral compass that is pretty good at distinguishing, you know, what they should do versus what they shouldn't do, regardless of you know. Um, the environment of of which they are like going through, and even even then, I I wouldn't say that LHS. I I personally disagree that LHS is like. Um, I think LHS does give us the tools to become better human beings. I don't think it's inherently like a destructive environment for the individuals. I think. Um, I think it definitely has its flaws. I mean, you have. Um, it does. I think in my it's time there, I've I've seen. Yeah, it's just like people are like pretty compliant about things, and um, in general, yeah, just kind of like keep it hushed simply because I don't think we have the diversity, um, in our student demographic to have sorts of like this kind of conversation about um. About racism, because um, for listeners who might not know, LHS is predominantly white and Asian, right? So yeah. I think in that sense, that is a major flaw. But also, um, I I still think that individuals should be held accountable, and I would have loved to see like some sort of vi like visual, like not not visual, um. Sort of actionable punishment that, you know, that the community would see and be like, that is not okay. Clearly, the institution LHS does not condone that type type of behavior, and that can serve as kind of a precedent. But LHS had that opportunity. I don't think it acted on it, and as a result, um, yeah, I, I think that definitely. Sets the stage for more shit like this to come. I don't. I don't think um, people, at least beyond our grade, even probably heard about it. Right. I think it was mostly very contained within. Oh fuck! I just gave it away. Um, I think it was. Mo it was very contained. Um, and I don't think it it reached beyond LHS. That's for sure. Um. But like issues like this need to be heard, right? Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm kind of reflecting on like I like I I agree what you're saying, but some part of me is saying it's still too. It's like too much for one individual to bear. We're like we're you're look. I think like you're um you're put you're making so I, from what I got from what you're saying is you're saying that this person should have had more punishment and what I got from that is that and then 
that person should be a martyr to be to be used as an example to say you cannot be racist in this school and when i see a martyr being punished i see it like that's the worst punishment that could have that the school could enact but at the same time i don't think it's fair because all of the school's prejudices against black people is being put on this individual's shoulders because they they said something that was racist but yeah. it's 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 just like not fair because I'm pretty sure a lot of people in that school were racist as well but they just were they just keeping it. it on the hush hush yeah and I don't think it's fair to completely destroy this person's future because inherently a lot of people in that school are racist, not just that. Yeah. Um, no, I... So I think the issue boils down to a twofold kind of um, problem. I think first of, a, first of which I think we, which we discussed quite an extent is kind of institutional failure right to address this problem um but yes i think the second one it is a failure on the individual part right because yeah i don't deny that that's like analyzing what happened obviously without like giving away detail but right you had the you basically when it came out right when it was exposed on social media yep Right, you had people just flaming the shit out of that person, right? Yep. And then, so I think on that part, um, we didn't. I think as a community, that idea of like cancel, let's cancel this person, right? Let's cancel this person and not give that person a chance to, you know, speak. I think definitely, on our side, that was a bit of fault because you didn't really have much room for discourse like why we never really understood why that person said what they did right or um you know what we can do to remedy it all the all that the community did was just attack pure just pure offensive um hurling insults or just like yeah that kind of thing so i think on that part that was on us as a community in addressing the problem, right? Because I think that definitely encouraged, I would, I would argue, I mean, on the other, like that person's part and also on the institutional part to keep the issue short-lived, right? Because the more the issue dragged on, the more the community was just going to shit on that person and the more it's going to reflect badly. But I think... I think if we were able to openly talk about this, right, and maybe address some of the root causes, I think it would have led out oh, to a much, sure. like a much better uh, resolution, and I think a more satisfying resolution because yeah. that gives the individual more chance to reflect on their actions, and it also um, it also prevents the LHS from seeing this as like oh sh- like shit is going down like we have to contain this and just completely sweeping it under the rug right so 
I don't know. Um, because ultimately, yeah. what we ended up seeing was that individual issuing an apology on social media, saying that they were really sorry that they did this. Right? They'll never do it again. And then, boom! That's all we heard. Right? After that, what do you remember of that um, that entire drama? Right? It was just people saying, "Oh, that person's disgusting." But then over time, it just faded. Right? I think LHS, whatever punitive action that they did, they carried it out under the rug, right? We never heard about it. And that yeah. person just kind of resumed life. And we never got to talk about it. All we did was I just think, hurl yeah. insults and attack them without actually addressing the root cause issue. So I think yeah. that's that's something... That's why I think this Let's Expose account is complete crap because its entire purpose is to expose and attack, right? It's not opening up avenues of discourse, of act, like actual um, conversation. It's just a means for which people can hate on other people. Yep. So that's just that's just my thoughts. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I was getting to that, but it's just not, I'm just not coherent enough to say it, you know? Honestly, it's, I was kind of formulating in my head as I was talking, uh, so <laughs> it's like... Yeah, but I yeah, was going to say... That, that, was yeah. the, that was the end goal, but yeah, sorry. I, 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 I agree with the messaging of what that post said or that Instagram account said, but I don't agree on the individualistic hate. Yeah. So at the end of the day, the... Another day, if the school doesn't do jack shit in this situation and sweep it under the rug, it's just gonna happen again. And again. And again. No one's gonna learn. At some point, you have to say, this is. At some point, you have to say to the community, we can't have this. Or you will yeah. just, just talk about it. Because the thing about LHS that frustrates me. Like, when I was there, there was also almost no teacher-student connection. It was all, I'm going to go to class, get good grades, and then go home. There's nothing from, or like, maybe people can attest to that, but, or disagree with that, but. There was almost, there was no school spirit. Yeah. There was no connection from um, the, uh, the, uh, the administration with the students. And all it felt like we were being, it felt like we were being policed rather than being guided. And I'm, I think that I'm needs not to sure change. Policing, I don't know if policing is the right no, word. No, but I definitely it, do agree okay. that it's, we were, it's, it's, it, it's a it, detached it, environment. Yeah, no, it was. Let me reframe from policing, but it was ra it, rather than having a conversation of why that person said these things and why they shouldn't say it, we were just like, don't do it again, and then let them go. Yeah. We, there was no form of re-education or understanding of where that kid was coming from and why they said it. There's no, there, both parties didn't learn from each other. Right. And I think people can say, well, obviously doing this kind of shit is wrong and people 
will learn, but I think it's a matter of internalization, right? Because you can say that, oh, I've learned, right? You can always, you know, memorize a bunch of terms to study for a test, but you've never actually internalized it. And after the test is over, right? After you've dealt with it, it's just so easy to forget and you just toss it away. So I think, yeah, like having these methods of communicate, like, student to administration, student to teacher connections is, yeah, very important for um, environments like LHS because, um, yeah, it's just so easy as within the student body to say this isn't right, but you're not actually leading to long-term change if you don't interact with the administration about this. Um, And it's just like two kind of separate bodies trying to like do their own thing. Um, yeah, yeah no, that's I, a good point. That's a good point. I think it was a I think it was good to talk about this because, um, you know, Black Lives Matter. At some point, the train is gonna stop. Maybe in the next week, maybe in the next month, but at some like we all know, it's inevitably going to stop. Right. And a lot of people ask, "What can we do?" I think this is something that we can do. Yeah. You know, starts with start with start with some institution and begin with reform like it can be anything as small as our high school right like the students have some degree of voice well i i I mean i can't speak to every high school but i think in our high school the students voices are somewhat heard you know start from the bottom and work your way up that's that's i think that's how we're gonna enact change yeah because like i said I, I strongly believe that LHS and many other high schools across the country are microcosms to um, our actual reality, right? Um, and yeah, I, I'd say everywhere that we go, we want to make sure that the places, environments that we are in and we live in are good reflections of what we want to see in our broad society, right? Um, For sure. It's that, it's that like bottom-up kind of change. Um, yeah, it's the it's the towns that make the U.S. It's not the U.S. makes the towns. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, people asking what can we do. Um, don't think broad. Speak up. Start 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 with your own. Yeah, start with your own communities. Um, and yeah, just yeah. Shit like this. Shit like this can't can't we we should not have tolerance for it at all um and there's blame to be put on many many different factors yeah and just for our listeners to know this is not scripted and what's like usually we have an idea of what we're talking about but i think this episode was a bit special in that we were just wanted to have a raw conversation about this so um yeah, it's it's it. I think this is really important, and we encourage all of you to have the same kinds of conversation with your friends and family. Um, yeah, but um, on that note, thanks. Wait, for wait, wait. Uh, be, oh, be, be, before we before we end the podcast. Um, okay. Okay. Um, go to. Um, there are many Black Lives Matter supporting websites and fundraisers and protests and peaceful protests that you can go to um i encourage you to 
if you can't protest because of COVID, you're afraid that your mom is going to get sick, I encourage you to donate. Yeah. Or if you can't donate, there are some free ways to donate on YouTube. You can just watch an hour-long video and all of that AdSense will be donated. So you have no excuse of doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm sure everyone has seen, I mean, if you, unless you live under a rock, ways that you can contribute to the cause. There are a lot of ways. And we will link them in the description below. Fucking facts. Spit nothing but facts. Facts, no printer. <laughs> All right, Charles, end it off. Okay. Well... Uh, thank you for tuning in, y'all. It's been a good time. Uh, good good conversations, as always, again. And, yeah, we will be continuing our regular scheduled episodes every week. And, yeah, just keep an eye out for our stories on Instagram. But in the meantime, peace.